Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And what a weekend of racing we've got in store for you. As we're delighted to have your company, we've got one of the highlights of the winter calendar, for that matter, one of the highlights of the jump season at Tinkle Creek, plus the winter festival at Ferry House. Two days of cracking action with the hurdling debut of Fasal Vega in sight. And the last time we'll see Honeysuckle in the flesh at Ferry House as well as she goes for a fourth Hatton's Grace. If you'd like more on that, on your podcast feed, right down from this episode, Gordon Elliott, Patrick Mullins, and... Robbie Power joined me for a final Fulham podcast special looking ahead to Ferry House. Had a lot of fun with the three lads, and that is available for you now. We'll have a lot of fun on this show, too, with Time Forms' Mark Milligan. Welcome back, my friend. Good afternoon. It's good to be here. We had a, a reasonably successful weekend last weekend, didn't we? And we, of course, saw that scintillating performance from Constitution Hill, oh. who I think was everything and more that I was expecting there. Oh, it was more. It was a lot more. Um, I'm, I'm still, 
I, I appreciate where Dennis is coming from. As in, we should have had the bubble bursting sound effect, the balloons being popped, because he is trying to just put that warning out there. And it was interesting to hear Patrick Mullins and Gordon and Robbie to a certain extent as well. Robbie was a little bit quiet on it because he probably doesn't want to sound biased with uh, the connection to Honeysuckle. But the two boys were... Well, Gordon... Actually, let me bring in my, my, my second guest because he knows Gordon very, very well. And uh, Gordon is an expert poker player, and that's exactly what he was doing yesterday, playing playing it, these clothes, cards very close to his chest. Darren McGrath, CEO of All About Sunday. Welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Great to be back. Uh, been, been away uh, far too long, and uh, thank you very much, Emmett. Really looking forward to this evening. So Gordon was was trying to be diplomatic, shall we say, but when I finally pushed it to him, he did say, no, honeysuckle for the champion hurdle. This was the question. Who do you side with right now for the champion hurdle? Honeysuckle or Constitution Hill? Gordon eventually went Honeysuckle. Uh, obviously, Robbie was saying Honeysuckle. Patrick was saying uh, Honeysuckle as well. Dennis had been trying to just just have a little bit of proceed with caution with Constitution Hill. Obviously, he's incredibly exciting, but the three lads were kind of shaking their heads at the idea that he's now the third, rated, third highest rated hurdler of all time. Uh, that's something that a lot of people are struggling with, while others just want to go, greatest hurdler we've ever seen. Where do you sit on the Constitution Hill fence? Myself? Mm. Ah, look, I think the first thing is I truly enjoyed it, okay? I, I, I genuinely did. Uh, from the moment he skipped over the first one, you were like, oh, yeah, baby, I am going to enjoy the next few minutes. <laughs> um you know, I think it was everything that you wanted it to be, possibly a little bit more, as as you mentioned. But I do have a view sometimes, Emma, to be honest, that 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 the the English handicapper can get a little bit carried away in terms of the ratings very early doors and can put horses on a pedestal, in my opinion, just just a fraction too early. I'm not going to knock knock the horse. I'm not going to knock the performance, you know, as 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 you're jotting down and, t and taking all of your notes, you know you, you're you're looking at something very very serious. You saw, um, you know, N Nikki's interview. You know what a wonderful hat as well in the interview. Um, and the word freak was used. You have to take the man very very seriously. But look, you know, we're always arguing the case on this show to be to be very pragmatic, to not jump into making decisions, to have more 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 respect for your money in terms of your punting. You can't make any comment on honeysuckle until you know Sunday afternoon stroke evening, and. I think that that you have one of the lovely run-ins now to Cheltenham 2023, that if this doesn't give you a twinge of excitement early doors, what will? But lads that are like looking to make decisions today are the, are the, are the boys that will do so at their peril. You know, there's no gun to our head to, to decide how good Constitution Hill is. There's no gun to our head to decide, um, you know, wh whether the, the mayor is going to be able to do it again this season. I'm a huge Honeysuckle fan. I saw probably one of the better performances I've ever seen in Constitution Hill last week. But we keep our feet on the ground and we, we'll work our way through the winter. And uh, there's there's no decisions have to be made today. Well, talking about that run-in, today, the 1st of December, Nicky Henderson has said that Ireland is potentially on the agenda. Now, he's kind of mixing his words here, but essentially Nicky Henderson is quite annoyed that we got rid of the contenders hurdle. And I'm taking credit for this because that race was stupid. And we kept on campaigning about it, that it's a stupid race and it should be gone and it's gone. And he said today that 
I, 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 Contenders Hurdle would have been ideal. Uh, but that's that's obviously no longer on the table. He'd won it with Bouvedere. He won it with Binocular. Um, and it's gone. So in its absence, he said the Kingwell probably wouldn't suit him. Didn't really emphasize why. The Champion Hurdle Trial at Haydock, there's already two other races. There's plenty of races there. Um, the Champion Hurdle Trial at Haydock could be a possible for him. But that the race that would be the perfect time is the Irish Champion Hurdle. I'm pretty certain that the crew at Leopardstown and the DRF marketing team are already in <gasps> hyperdrive getting on to Michael Buckley and Nikki. Come on over, come on over. It'd be great. And that would be some side if we get, it's not going to happen, but we can dream now that there could actually be a clash between these two before Cheltenham. And that's why it's not going to happen. But boy, if it did, Mark, that'd be some story. Oh, it really would, wouldn't it? The only people who would be unhappy about it, I would imagine, would be the Cheltenham chief executives. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a spit take done by the Cheltenham. The, what? <laughs> but yeah, that I, I mean, I'm with you. It's not going to happen, is it? It would be nice to think it would, but um, that would, as if the, the, the DRF needs any more hyping up as it is. I mean, it's already... A, a fantastic festival in its own right but if you got the the big clash a month before everyone was expecting the big clash that would be it'd be worth the 20 quid i'd be paying for my ryanair flight over on uh, uh from leeds bradford airport damn right looking forward to seeing you as well for the drf and we're all looking forward to being there uh hopefully some of the all about sunday horses will be in action that weekend darren mcgrath and there are plenty of horses currently on the roster at allaboutsunday.com to get involved with tell us a little bit more yeah, look, Emmett. Since since I since I was on the last time, um, we were doing quite nicely. Now, eighteen to one winners, twelve to one winners, eleven to four winners. So for the owners, you know, they they're, they're getting a free spin really at the at the minute, which is which is what the what what I suppose the whole experience is is all about. Um, I think Watchhouse Cross is definitely the horse to to be considering getting involved in. Um, only started to work with Henry really in, in the last number of months. Um, found him a, a very interesting trainer to, to chat to. Uh, definitely has definitive views in terms of uh, training his horses and campaigning his horses. Um, but Watch House Cross will be entered in, in probably three of the big ha- handicaps, uh, including the Pretemps, the Coral Cup, um, I think that they'll be the, the two that we'll be shortlisting. We'll decide, you know, which of the pretemps qualifiers we may or may not go to. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a horse that that kind of had us a bit confused for a while. And uh, yeah, we managed to figure him out the last day. So if anybody was out there looking to go on on an ownership journey for, you know, what what is generally a small amount of money, uh, download All About Sunday, the app, and come with us, hopefully with Watch House Cross, all the way to Presbury Park in um, March 2023. A lot of excitement. And that win at Nace, just briefly, that came with a helping hand from Darren McGrath. Explain. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I suppose Henry was, was, was quite... Quite generous, really, because he mentioned it on racing TV in 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 his interviews and stuff. And I think that sometimes when when we're punting, we we forget what happens in the background in relation to training horses and and trying to figure horses out. And you know, Watch House Cross, um, Jeepers last season, he kind of 
he gave us uh, all of the right signals to the extent that that we would have bought in for for um, a large amount of money. We were expecting, um, you know, him to go to go to go chasing novice chasing and for him to, him, him to burn the place up. And really, we went to Kilbegan and, um, you know, through an overreach, he struck into himself. We, we, we had a bad day that day. Uh, we went to Lestole behind Adamantly Chosen and Grand Roy and he fell. We went down to Cork then after that. And in fairness to him, he downed tools after about four yards, not a mind to say four furlongs. Um, and he looked like a very, very un- unhappy horse. And like... I, I like kind of sharing the bits as to how the, the trainers react to these type of situations. And like generally, I, I would say that 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 Henry was very annoyed, like he was annoyed with the horse. He was frustrated with the horse. We'd gone down to see the, the horse work. We'd gone down to see uh, Rachel schooling him. And, you know, we were expecting kind of good things every every time he ran. And it it just didn't happen. And uh, he was very angry, very frustrated. And during the the chat, I just said, "Well, Henry, like, where where, where are we going to go next?" And very cleverly, he said, um, "Darren, I'll was just about to ask you exactly the same question." And I said, "Feck it, Henry! Now, do you expect me to tell a, a Grand National Gold Cup and Champion Hurdle uh, winning trainer what to do with the horse next?" And he said, "Well, sure. Why don't you have your go?" And I said, look, looking at him, I drop him back to hurdles, put him over two and a half miles and pop him out front. I said, there's times in his races where he looks particularly interested. And then there's times in his races when he, when he's losing concentration. And I just felt that that he had, you know, the pace um, to go from the front. And he said, do you mind if I have a think about that for a day or so? And I said, no, fire away, sure, give us a buzz or whatever. And he rang me back and he said, OK, I, I went back through the replays, you know, had a look at the the examples that you were referring to. And he said, you know, um, what what about the brown lads? There's a decent, decent pot in Nace, 45 grand race. And we go from the front. I said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, Rachel gave him an absolute peach of a ride. Now, in fairness, a peach of a ride. And she won the race, you know, four out. Um, because she just turned the screw. As I say, we decided to front run um, and yeah, he held on just on the line, but it, it wasn't on the line that he won the race, if you understand what I mean. He won it out in the country. And when we got back into the parade ring, Henry kind of turned and just said, yeah, that 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 that, that was that, that was that man over there. And he was pointing at myself. <laughs> and I did kind of think, I wondered if he fell out the back of the telly, would he have done exactly the same thing? <laughs> and I said, that wasn't my plan. That was his plan. But yeah, look, I, I think it was it was just a case really of going back, watching your replays, trying to understand your horse. You know, we communicated all of this to the owners through the app and I brought them on the journey and let them know what kind of what what frustration Henry had with the horse. Like he called him a few names and whatnot, you know, because <laughs> it's worrying when you think a horse is is going to pig it, as we say, and is is not going to put his best foot forward. But Jesus, he loved it. He absolutely loved the front run and uh, he performed beautifully and won, won a decent pot for people and was returned at 18 to one. And sure, I can do no more than that for the owners, Emmett. Not just a great race analyst, but also a great race reader and uh, and now becoming a bit of an advisor to Rachel Blackmore in terms of... Uh- <laughs> 
Let's not go too far. far away from that. Let's not go too far. But that was brilliant. And I, just, was, I answered brilliant. the man because he asked the question. It was as simple as that. It was probably, when I heard that said on Racing TV, I was like, what? It's the second spit take yeah. of the show. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, delighted for you. And listen, I think there's going to be some big days, some more big days of Watch House Cross, particularly at the DRF in Cheltenham. But we'll we'll talk more about that in the coming months. Uh, we'll move on to, to previewing the best bets. Uh, there's a little thing that's going to be available on the All About Sunday app that Darren's going to talk to us about a little bit later on as well. Uh, but we'll begin with the Tinkle Creek which, of course, is one of the biggest races of the entire season. Uh, and the betting is brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days. When you join BetDAC right now, the sports betting exchange, BetDAC.com. 2.0 is the price of bet Shishkin for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville. Uh, will he? Wouldn't, wouldn't he? He's here, and apparently the ground is going to be okay. We'll remember that on Saturday afternoon. Green team, last year's winner, 2.75, with Harry Cobden on board for Nichols. Uh, Edward Stone, 6.5. Gentleman Demi, who beat him at Aintree, is a 9.0 shot. Uh, and then it's Fumble Savola and Dunvegan at big prices. Mark, what is your thought on the Tinkle Creek? Are you surprised we've got Shishkin? Is he the one to take the beating? Or is the market now being made for green team? Well, hopefully we will get Shishkin. Um, the ground's currently good at Sandown, isn't it? And I don't see any reason why you wouldn't run him on good ground. Now, the reason that Connections put up for him running so badly at Cheltenham in March was that he just didn't handle that very soft ground. Now, I was I was there on that Wednesday and it was horrendous. It's probably one of, <laughs> in terms of weather, it's probably one of the very worst days I've ever experienced on a race course. It was ridiculous. I think I've recounted this tale before, haven't I, where I had to bin my coat and actually buy a new no, coat. No, did you have to do that? <laughs> I was, I was so, yeah, I was absolutely soaked to the skin. I ended up halfway through the afternoon. I went into the Cheltenham shop and bought a brand new coat for 80 of their finest pounds. As if Cheltenham wasn't expensive mine, enough as it is. <laughs> my mouth was just I was literally soaked to the skin it oh. was it was a horrendous day and I, to be honest I'd forgive any horse for putting up a, a, a poor performance in those kind of conditions but I would say it probably wasn't just the ground with Shishkin because he never went a yard did it no. right from the off he just never got into any sort of rhythm he didn't look at happy all. at the it start down no, at the start no. he wasn't moving happy it just wasn't the shishkin that we'd that we'd come to expect over the past couple of seasons. Now, if the shishkin who beat Energamine the time before turns up here, then basically everyone else is racing for second place, I think. But I suppose you've got to have a slight doubt over him, given he was so poor at Cheltenham. But if racing's taught me one thing over the years, it's that you should never judge a horse a horse too harshly on the back of just one poor performance. And I think I'm prepared to give him a pass for that. It's not a betting race for me. I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not that interested in backing Shishkin at evens. But conversely, and we seem to have said this a, a lot over the last few weeks, don't we? Conversely, I'm not in a desperate hurry to take him on either. Yeah, I completely get that. Um, what is your take on Greentine? I thought he was really good at Exeter last time. But 
I think you've got to temper that by saying he, he had things his own way, didn't he? Um, he kind of got a freebie up front and he won in the manner of an improved horse to me. But third time, lucky didn't really run his race, did he? He didn't jump particularly well. I, I, I would treat the performance with a little pinch of salt. I think this is much more of a test for, for the green team for me. So one of the things I, I quite like about this horse is that he's unbeaten on good ground. If it's officially good ground, he's unbeaten, and that's the current forecast. If it stays that way, that's intriguing. Um, obviously, Shishkin is a world beater and, and a world-class horse and clearly did not turn up in the champion chase for whatever reason. Um, maybe he was feeling the effects of Ascot. Maybe it was the ground. Maybe it was a combination of a, of a lot of things. He just didn't seem to be happy that day. But there was some some of the stuff that Nicky Henderson was saying about Shishkin in the weeks leading up to this is in stark contrast to what he was saying about Constitution Hill. Like a couple of weeks ago, he was talking mm. about Constitution Hill doing a piece of work that was just one of the best pieces of work he'd ever seen. That's not what he's been saying about Shishkin. Doesn't mean he can't win. It just means that when you're looking at a market right now where Shishkin was odds against and Green Team was odds on, and now you're getting odds against about Green Team and it's odds on about Shishkin, that's changing my mind and making it a pretty easy decision for me uh, in the sense that I was, I would completely agree with you and I'd be interested to know what Darren thought about the, the Exeter race as well. He'd won the Halden Gold Cup before. He'd also been beaten in it. He'd been beaten in, in the Tinkle Creek before by Politolog and then won last season. He's won the Celebration Chase. His record on going is exceptional. He seems to be continuously improving and the line that Paul Nichols was saying in the build-up to the Halden Gold Cup was he'd been working better than he ever had before and that he thought he was going to take the world to beating, yet the market didn't reflect that. And he's battered them. How good they are in behind, I don't know. Because third time look, he's come out since and been beaten. Us and them is a shadow of the horse he was. Warlord, he was detached pretty quickly, and it ended up being a, a simple one-two for Nichols. But I was very taken with how he, he blitzed that field. And it's going to be harder for him here, but I, I like his prospects an awful lot here, Darren, I have to say. Yeah, look, I think uh, I enjoyed Exeter as well. Okay, uh, it was it was it was it was a very good performance. I agree with Mark that yeah, maybe um, you know maybe maybe he had it his his own way, but I think he, you've kind of got to got to review his performance on its merits as well. You know what was behind him. You know they're they're busy making an absolute balls a third time lucky. In fairness to them. Um, you know, and that 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 horse blew my socket last season at the start, and like what what's going on since? Mm. And I think trainers have to take responsibility for that. You're damn right, Warlord got detached too quickly, taken off his feet. Um, so I think in terms of deciding what to do with Griotine, is you got to go back to to Shishkin, don't you? And and you got to say to yourself, okay. If if I look at the, the Cheltenham run, what view am I taking of that run and how am I relating it to 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 this week's Tingle Creek? Um like I'd I'd have a simple view really of of Cheltenham. I think that as punters, we don't appreciate sometimes how difficult it is for a horse to get there, you know, absolutely spot on and then to potentially just be slightly overcooked. And, you know, I think that just maybe as you as you uh, look at Shishkin 
I, I would say that um, Nicky pre- prepared him down to down to a T, and then just on, on the day it just mightn't have been right for the horse. So I'm prepared to put to put an absolute line through it, um, ignore it, and and really kind of go back to Ascot in 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 January. That that's that's kind of what 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 I'm sort of expecting. Um, no intention of of having a bet in in any shape or form. But I think that for me, I got to watch this and I got to have a, you know, a look really at at how Shishkin performs and how interested he is in, in the job. Because, you know, Mark's right. Um, he down tools in, in Cheltenham. There were a lot of factors. It wasn't just the ground. It wasn't just the weather. You know, um, there's, there's other things at, at, at play. And to be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting something along the lines of the Ascot run. And we we've got to go and, and wait and see. Um, but with, without a doubt, I think that that Paul Nichols um fancies this fella. And I think he he's really good at training this type of horse. Um the progress that the horse made in Exeter was excellent. And I think that the horse is going to to still kick on a number of pounds. Um, and it'll be just interesting to see what shape Shishkin is in. And I've kind of got a thing about gentlemen to me as well. I'd be curious. You said you were talking to to Paddy Mullins. I'll be I'll be watching I'll be watching him him closely really with the rest of the season in mind. Yeah, Fernie Hollow was in this as well, but he was never going to go because he just mm-hmm. lacks the experience. Um and they're very happy to be going with him. And I think I don't want to be speaking out of turn, but I think Patrick was a little bit surprised that he is the price he is. Um I mean, look, he he beat Edward Stone, and it was probably it was probably a long hard season for Edward Stone, and he can be forgiven that defeat at Aintree. He was very good prior to that. However, in the context of this race, it's a little bit worrying to me, Mark, that Alan King has very clearly wanted to have a prep run. Like he was taking him to Cheltenham, took him out. He was going to Ascot, took him out, and now he comes to the Tinkle Creek. Is this this is clearly like an afterthought? Um, and it may very well be that he just he needs this race for all that he was very very good on this card a year ago. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think he already has a bit to find with the likes of Shishkin and Green Teen, and even I think Gentleman Demi to a certain extent in here. The fact that he's going to be coming in cold as well, having like you say, he's he's. Missed a couple of races. That wouldn't be ideal. It's almost a case of we've got to run the horse somewhere, and this is probably a, as good a spot as anywhere to get him started. He wouldn't certainly wouldn't interest me from a betting perspective. Um, so even if he'd had a run, I don't think he would be quite good enough. And gentleman to me, yeah, gentleman to me. I think he's a he's a fascinating contender, isn't he? We've we've kept the P on his rating at time form. Because we think there could be still be plenty more to come from Gentleman Demi. Look, it's not an easy spot to be starting your season, is it? But he, he's a fascinating contender for me. He's only six. Yeah. Uh, by Sante Sant, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely taking a nice watching brief on him as well. I, I do expect him to kind of kick on after this and... I'm, I'm I'm kind of glad that you you pointed that out, Mark, in relation to holding the P beside him. I think, yeah, he's 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 an interesting one for the notebook guys, uh, for all of the listeners. I mean, I'd I'd be jotting him down. 
Um, whether Saturday, you know, is going to be too much for him, I think that's an irrelevance. It's it's if you if you put yourself in in Willie's shoes, you know, he's he's starting off at, at a high level. Um, Nace obviously didn't work out; he was unlucky, and uh, yeah, he's he's definitely there for the notebook. He's intriguing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up following Green Teen home, if it's Green Teen first, Gentleman to Me second, uh, with all due respect to Shishkin. The, the thing that concerns me about Shishkin is it's a rare bone condition. Isn't that what he was diagnosed with after Cheltenham? I don't even know what that means in terms of his racing career. I mean, Nicky, clearly Nicky wouldn't run him unless they were very happy with him. But he just comes with a bit of a question mark now. And if he goes and wins on Saturday, great. That's fantastic. Not great for my bank balance, but great for racing that we've got a superstar back in action. Um, but he does come with a bit of a health warning, and for that reason, I don't have any interest in backing him at evens. Uh, I'd, I'd let him go. So, green team at the price, 2.75 currently with Betdak. I'm, I'm more than happy with that. He was only beaten once, Emmett. Yeah. So sorry, sorry for jumping in. No, you no, know, you're right. You're we're, right. We're, we're, too, we're, we're too quick to put a line through horses because... You know, we we have expectations on on particular days. Like he sees seven wins from 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 eight chases, um, and it it didn't go well for him. And of course, when when proper horses don't perform, there is a serious stewards' inquiry at all levels in terms of their health and you know the examinations that they will be put through, and the back man will be in, the physio will be in, everybody will be in, and because they can't tell you what's wrong. Um, you know, you've, you've got to try and go and find it. And like as punters, we kind of go, oh, I'm relieved. I, I have a reason now. But like, we, we don't need a reason. You know, seven wins for, for, uh, out, out of eight. Like he's the class act. Let's let's not lose our level of, of appreciation for, for a wonderful athlete because he had a bad day. Oh, I appreciate him. It's the price that worries me. If they're, If go. the prices are reversed, if it's... Shishkin 2.75 and Green Team 2.0. I'm probably going, what are they doing? That's crazy. Right. You just, you back Shishkin. It's it's a simple game, folks. Just stick with Shishkin. But you're not. You're you're being asked to take odds on about him. And he may very well just absolutely bolt up. But Green Team is unbeaten on officially good ground. So that's going to be a crucial factor as well. Does, does, the, does the ground stay good? If it does, then he's a real weapon on that. There was also a quote from, because I was covering this race for TalkSport 2 on the day, um, and I, I was blown away by what he did. And so was Paul Nichols. Uh, he said that he'd been beaten in the champion chase before, but that he's now twice the horse that he was. Uh, two years ago, he's beaten the champion chase. He's twice the horse he was now, and that's going to be the long-term plan. Basically, we're working back backwards from there. Uh, Tinkle Creek is next. He was very good in it last year. He never gets the credit he deserves. So he's come out and won. And the impression that I got from Nichols was he was ready, but he would improve for that. And you're you're dealing with a, a man who's won this race 11 times. He first won it in 2002 with Senkos, who was a real legend of a horse. And he's won it 11 times since then. The guy knows exactly what, what it takes to win this race. And it wouldn't be the first time that Paul Nichols has downed an unbeaten, well, unbeaten when he's completed, uh, two-mile chaser for Nicky Henderson. It's Altior all over again. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think Green Teen is the bet here. And I'm hoping he drifts a little bit. I'm hoping that we get a, a slightly bigger price on Saturday morning. Whether we will or not, I don't know. But he's the standout to me. So I'm, I'm going with him. Darren, what's your selection? If I was to have a bet, and it's and it's not a betting race, really, to be honest, I'm, I'm still leaning towards the favourite, but I don't back it evens, you know. But, um, 
yeah, I'll I, 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 I'll be just taking a watching a watching brief. But I think everybody's made some good arguments there. Closing thoughts, Mark. Yeah, I think basically there is as a punter, there are two ways you can approach this race. You approach it wanting to take on Shishkin, and if you're wanting to take him on, then Green Team is the only option, really, for me. The other option is you sit the race out because you're unsure what you're going to get from Shishkin, and that's probably the approach I would take. I wouldn't be desperate to take him on, um, but I, he's not a bet for me at evens either. Just yeah. on the just with the question mark that you know will he will he return to the sort of form that that he was in when he beat an ergamine. So for me, it's a it's a there are two ways to play the race: you either back green team or you sit it out. And I'll take the latter option. I think this is a race that you can just sit back with a coffee, put your feet up, and enjoy. ITV4 Saturday. Why is this not on? Oh, the World Cup. That's why. Uh, that's <laughs> the answer in the back of my mind straight away. I was like, why is this not on the main <laughs> channel? Oh, yeah, the World Cup is on. Oh, bloody World Cup, uh, which has been good so far. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued by Green Team. And uh, it's not a race that you have to have a bet in. You can sit back, watch this, and enjoy it. But I will be getting stuck into Green Team, I think. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, right, we'll go to Aintree for the many clouds chase. Good to soft ground is the forecast. Um, with six runners on show, Ahoy Senor is back after fluffing his lines at Weatherby against Brave Man's Game. The last day, he's 2.0 with Betdak, 6.0 about Sounds Russian. Chantry House, first time running after that most recent wind operation, James Bone for Nikki, 6.5. And the Grand National winner is back from Mullins, uh, Sean Bone on board, Noble Yates. Right, Mark Milligan, what's your thoughts on the many clouds? Yeah, now if we go back to Ahoy Senor's comeback race at Weatherby in the Charlie Hall, listeners and yourself, Emmett, will know that I was all over Ahoy Senor for that. And he just disappointed, didn't he? A brave man's game sort of jumped them silly. And Ahoy Senor, you know, I formed an opinion about Ahoy Senor because he was sketchy, wasn't he? Ace fences. He never got into any sort of fluency, any sort of rhythm at all. And I think he's a horse who's just, he just needs racing, I think. And for me, the reason he was a bit sketchy and a bit iffy at some of his fences was purely ring rust. And I'm hoping that the rust will be off him now and we'll see a much, much better performance. And of course, He's returning to Aintree, which was the scene of probably his best performance. Well, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. I don't think there's any doubt at all. It was his best performance, wasn't it? So he's not a massive price, but I didn't want to take on a Hoy Senor in here. I'm of the same mindset, to be honest about it. And I think it's a simple enough one to, to move on from. Uh, after that, I, I think he's he's the standout. I'd be amazed if he isn't significantly better than he was at Weatherby. For all that, he needs to be significantly better. Um, we'll go back to Sandown for the 145. It's the Close Brothers, Henry VIII, Novices Chase. What a cracker! 
forerunners. Uh, we've got John Bon. The 2-1, to one, sub 2-1 to one favorite for the Oracle is 1.33 with Betdag as we record. Uh, Aiden Coleman, big day for Aiden Coleman. Uh, Nicky Anderson, and uh, obviously very short press favorite. Boot Hill is second favorite, 4.0. Uh, Harry Fry and Johnny Burke, unexpected party, and uh, on air, Dijunuk are pretty much whatever price you want. Um, how taken were you with John Bond's debut over fences, Darren? And what do you make overall about the fact that he's already sub two to one for the Oracle ahead of his only his second chase start? Well, like we suppose we've chatted about these sort of things before, you know, you'd have absolutely no interest in getting in, you know, involved in in, in a short price like that for something long term in, in the future. A little bit disappointed, really, with the size of the field now for for uh, Saturday. But in saying all of that, would you know? I, I think you've we've 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 got another horse that's got to go out there now and do it. You know, um, it's 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 only a couple of weeks since since he since he was out, uh, was happy enough with it. Not you know, I think that that some of the critique was people trying to find you know some 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 negatives. He d- he did what he did. He was he was five to he was five to two on. Um, you know, Coleman was was relatively happy. Um, and I and I just think really, you know, what what price did you say he's trading at on Betdac? I'm I'm looking at fractions here, so I, I won't quote those. But you know, he's he's seven to two one sort of thing. Like there's there's not much I can offer or Mark can offer ab- about this really, Emmett. You know, it is what it is. The size of the field is what it is. You know he's 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 a proper horse. He's a young horse. He's a six-year-old, um, and uh, I think the season is going to tell us how good he is, or may- maybe he he won't be. And this is just is this is just the stepping stone. I, I I don't see any issues for him, none whatsoever. Yeah, three point oh is the current best price you can get about him. Uh, with better, I think three point one six, three point one six is is currently what you're getting about John Bond for the Oracle. Um. Yeah, I've I've zero interest in taking that. Quite frankly, I'm not saying he can't win it. And if he floats your boat and you want to go and back him for the Arkle to follow in his brother's footsteps in Dovan, absolutely, uh, feel free to do so. But he was a he was the anti post favorite for the Supreme Novices Hurdle, and he got duffed. And now you're expected to go and take a short price of bet him for the Arkle. No thanks. We might see the Arkle winner yeah. on the Sunday running over a longer longer distance in the Drinmore. Dare he say, Banbridge. I, I would I would have much more interest in backing Banbridge for all that he might end up in the old JLT instead um, at, at 11s and 13.0, actually, about Banbridge, then taking sub-2 to 1 about John Bond. No thanks. Uh, Mark, what do you make of his... It's going to be disappointing if he doesn't win this, quite frankly. Um, for all that Boothill is a very useful rival to be taking him on and was good at Ascot the last day. Yeah, I thought Boothill was, was very good at Ascot. Um, he was a novice taking on seasoned handicappers there. He and Sir Scottish pulled quite a long way clear as well, didn't they? I, I thought that was a, a really good performance. But I, I think Darren summed it up pretty much as well as I could in that, you know, John Bond didn't do anything that wasn't expected of him at Warwick. Mon Morale was probably a useful enough opponent to put up in front of him and he, he treated him with contempt, didn't he? And he jumped really well, he travelled really strongly. 
the end of the day, it was a three-runner novice chase, though, and it didn't tell us much more about John Bond other than that he can jump fences really well and he's got a serious engine. There'll be bigger tests for him throughout the season. I think this will be a bigger test for him on Saturday, but it's one that he should come through, in all honesty. He should. For for all that Boos Hill is coming into this with a similar profile to Edward Stone, it doesn't mean that he's going to be Edward Stone 2.0, but he will be a very interesting challenger for him on Saturday, but John Munch should brush him aside. Um, and listen, if you like him for the Arkle, then you know, get stuck in, but it's it's not my cup of tea. Uh, we'll go to Aintree for the Ball Sports Beecher Handicapped Chase. This is one that I'm expecting Mark to have lined one up for. I'm expecting a nice big one to be lined up here. No pressure, son. Uh, 4.5 of a <laughs> Giskeel, uh for Greenhall and Henry Brook. Uh, Ashtown Lad for the Skeletons, 5.0. Captain Kangaroo, 9.0. Hill, 16. A 10.0 shot. And the Wolf, uh, second run after a wind up. Adrian Heskin, Ollie Murphy, 11.0. The lovable Snow Leopardus, who was pulled up 17 days ago, is back for more. Uh, 12.0 currently. Mark, how do you pick the bones out of the uh, Beecher Chase? Well, I think first of all, we've got a proper race here, haven't we? We've oh, yeah. got proper prize money. It's a proper race. Um, it's a ho- it's a race where we see horses who sort of turn up time and again in it. And there are some fascinating contenders, but I'm siding with one who's relatively unexposed compared to many of these in here and that's Dr. Kananga. Oy, oy. There are a couple there are a couple of angles I like in here, Emmett. And you'll know one of them straight off. Second time off a wind up. Mm-hmm. We like that. We like the second time off a wind up. I think he had a lovely spin over hurdles when he was second last time as well, just as a pipe opener for this. And the thing that really stands out for me in Dr. Kananga's profile for this sort of race is that he's a prominent racer. He'll get into a really good rhythm, but he jumps like a stag, this fella. He really, really jumps well. And let, let's be honest, the, the fences around um, the Aintree Grand National Course, they don't take as much jumping nowadays as they used to. But I could see this fella getting into a rhythm up front and just flying over those fences and being really, really tough to catch. Like him. I like him a lot in here. I'm liking that an awful lot as well. Have you backed him yet? I have taken a little bit of 14 to 1, yes. I'm loving that. So he's currently 13.0. So you've moved the market already, my friend. Um, he There was a bit of 21s floating about, but that is long gone. Uh, and 13.0 is the current price. With Betdak, uh, he's going to have to come into it. I was looking at the Rasher County for Emma Lavelle and Tom Bellaby. I, w- I was intrigued by him. I came down on one at a price, though. Uh, and I might need an intervention here from Mark Milligan to just talk some sense into me and, and make me go and, and have a little bit of a word of myself. But uh, are we going with the pronunciation of Dierdo Valley? Our old friend, Venetia Williams, who, of course... Is on fire, banging in the winners left, right, and center. It was always that way. It was never that anything else, and we never doubted her at all on the podcast. Not once did we. <laughs> Not once. 
The humble pie I had to eat on this show, Darren, a couple of weeks ago, Betfair Chase Day, the amount of humble pie I had to eat, it's still, the taste of it is still in my mouth and it still tastes vile. Um, by the way, I was picking up that horse, Jello, and hopefully we end up getting a big price for it the next day because he got turned over at threes on after a very impressive debut, uh, British debut, on only his second lifetime start, thrown into handicap company, bolts up, got beaten seven lengths in the small field race at Hillock yesterday, but anyway. Keep the faith of that fella. Um, this guy's had three goes at the Grand National Fences. And I, the way I've read what they've done with him is just give him the experience of it. He's never really threatened, but he has managed to build up quite a bit of experience jumping the National Fences. And he's now running off his lowest handicap mark ever uh, on his fourth start over them. He's been a little bit of a rough one. He's not always the most consistent, but... There's a big race in him, and I think it's very, very interesting that uh, Lacey Turner has been, Lucy Turner has been booked for the ride. I think there's an actress with that name, isn't there? Uh, that was a Freudian slip. So Lucy Turner has been booked for the ride, and um, she's going to claim a very valuable five pounds off. The weight is a huge advantage. The experience he has is a huge advantage, and the stable is now in form. Talk me off the ledge or back me up, Mark. Uh, if I was looking at this horse, and his profile in isolation. What would put me off was, I think it would be strike rate more than anything. He doesn't win very often. It's been a while between drinks, hasn't it? You make a very good point, though, that he's coming down in the handicap. He was rated as high as 139 at one point, wasn't he? Mm. So he is coming down in the handicap. I thought his comeback run was okay. He went without the blinkers that he'd worn the time before. Lucy Turner's taking off five pounds, so he's going to be off a featherweight in here, isn't he? And the, I suppose there's going to be there's going to be worse each way shots. What's he about twenty five to one something like that? Yeah, twenty six point oh on Betac. Um Ten pounds lower than when sixth in the race behind Snow Leopardus last year, and late uh, Lucy's claiming the five off as well. So there's a lot there. There's enough there for me to go. That's that's it. He, he's the one. Um, so yeah, I, I I like his I like his prospects a lot for all that he very much has to get out of the right side of bed. If he doesn't, forget about it. But mm. I think from an each-way perspective, it, it could be it could be very much a, a race worth playing. Uh, right, the two-mile handicap hurdle at Sandown, 220 again, live on ITV. Uh, Love Envoy, 2.75 uh, as things stand for Harry Fry and Johnny Burke, the Mayor's Novice Hurdle winner, Hum Publique for uh, Greenhall and uh, Josh Griedo. Uh, Toby Wine claims five. Playful Saint, Dan Skelton, Keelan Woods, 5.5. Again, Mark, talk us through it. Yeah, look, there's very little that... Are we going with Love Envoy or Love Envoy? I channel my inner French. Either one. (laughs) Good morning. She's done done very, very little wrong in her career. As she, She was outstanding last season. My knock on her at a shortest price is that she's never run outside of Mare's company, has she? Mm. And she's going to be taking on Geldings for the first time in here. She's got 11 stone 10. It's not a particularly easy task when you're being asked to take a price of around 7 to 4. I wanted to take her on with On Public, who I think has been nicely progressive on his last couple of starts. I thought that was a career best from him last time at Weatherby. Obviously, the waters 
are much, much deeper here. But he's a horse who's going the right way. <clears throat> and I just want to give a little shout out to Toby Wynn as well, who claims five of him. He's a really, really good young conditional jockey. Was it? And he won't he won't look out of place in this race at all. So I was quite keen on Hom Public in here. Yeah, I like his prospects an awful lot here. Um, and I would be much more comfortable backing him at 5.0 than backing a Love Envoy or a Love Envoy. Whichever one you want to go for, I'm not... Listen, the amount of pronunciations I butcher, I'm not going to be criticizing anybody's pronunciation, he says, before criticizing someone's pronunciation. Um, but that was a terrific performance at Weatherby. That was taking his form to a completely different level. He's uh, he's won his last two. Toby won on him prior to that uh, at Newcastle for all that was at the end of last season. But the horse is in form. Yard is, is doing pretty well. Yeah, there's an awful lot to like about him. I, I think his, his prospects are there for all to see. Aintree uh, and the Boyle Sports Daily Money Back second handicap chase. Okay, uh, that really rounds off the tongue, that one. Uh, Riders in the Storm, whose form from the last day is working out quite well in that Hitman came out and won very impressively at Haydock, and Galah won the Paddy Power at Cheltenham. So he's coming in with the right form to his name. Uh, you've got Knight in Dubai for the Skeletons, 6.5. They're loving winning the big Saturday races these days. Gunsight Ridge for Ollie Murphy and Sean Bones, 7.0. And Brave Seska for the First Lady of the Final Forum Podcast, Venetia Williams, uh, with Gavin Sheen on board, 7.5. Mark Milligan, talk us through it. Yeah, I just wanted to keep this simple, to be honest. I think if the riders on the storm that when at Aintree last uh, time turns up again here, he's going to take a heck of a lot of beating. He was previously a really, really good horse. and He, he dropped to a, a mark that he could win off of 139 when he beat Hitman last time. You've made the point that that form has been franked. He's only been put up two pounds for that, which I think is on the generous side, yep. to be perfectly honest. And there's, there's no Hitman in this field. And I just wanted to keep it simple. I thought Riders on the Storm was a decent bet in here. Off a mark of 141, as I say, I think that's that's rather, rather lenient. I agree. I'm with you. And I think there's a decent bet in the 315 at Aintree as well, because uh, we're talking about a horse that we fancied a lot for last weekend, only for him to be taken out by that pesky Nicky Henderson. But walking on air, hopefully, will be lining up at Aintree on Saturday, and I presume that you'll be reloading the shotgun with both cartridges and firing again at the bookies. Absolutely. I'm not losing the faith. As regular listeners and readers of my Betfair column will know, I had walking on air pegged as the Ballymore winner last season after that impressive hurdling debut at Newbury, and for whatever reason, he just didn't make it to Cheltenham. He had that run at Aintree, didn't he? in the spring when he just wasn't himself at all there. He just, he made a, a bad mistake early on and just never was never traveling at any point. I think this horse could go on. I, I retain the faith that he could be better than a handicapper in time. And if that's the case, he's got to be winning a race like this of 132. Last race for us on the Saturday, uh, before a quick mention of Fessel Vega is the London national uh, Revels Hill, 2.87 with Betdak for Harry Fry and Kevin Brogan. Desha Abba for Philip Hobbs and Tom O'Brien, 4.33 as we record. Who sticks out to you, my friend? Ooh, who sticks out to me? Best bet of the, best bet of the weekend here for me. <gasps> best bet, Claxon. Revels Hill. Let's go! 
I really, really like this horse. And he was really progressive in his last couple of starts last season. He's a real stayer as well. He's a proper stayer. And I thought that was a really good run over a trip that would have been sharp enough nowadays for him at Ascot on his comeback. And he finished second. He's just absolutely tailor-made for this kind of test around Sandown. Three and a half miles. He's a dour stayer. I think he's still well-treated off 138. Seven years old. He's still progressive. Revels Hill, best bet of the weekend for me. That was a trip very much short of his best the last day. And still there was only one too good for him. It was a cracking run. And what he did at Taunton over a stamina-sapping trip uh, last season was terrific. I'm I'm all over him as well. Um, we got the news today that Fasal Vega has indeed been confirmed for his hurdling debut. He will be no price whatsoever. But of the novice hurdlers, there's little question in my mind that he is the most exciting prospect coming through. So, Darren, it's going to be a huge weekend for Ferry House with the the Winter Festival this weekend. I'm going to be there on the Sunday. I'm very much looking forward to it. There's loads of people going. I can't wait. There's lots of my friends are, are heading there. So it should be a, a cracking day. But it's the Saturday the Fasal Vega will be in action. And his hurdling debut is given what he did on the track last season at the DRF, Cheltenham, and Punchestown, but also the comments from Willie Mullins. I'm paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of, you wait a lifetime for a horse like this. Willie Mullins is saying that. This is going to be some prospect on Saturday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Yeah, look, I, I suppose you've you've got it's the second division of the maiden hurdle there at uh, just before two o'clock on the Saturday. I think that you know everybody that enjoyed the run up to to Cheltenham really and and the buzz about Facile Vega and you know the comments just as as you referred to there. Um, it's 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 one where. The season's really kicking off, isn't it? You know, we're we're kind of beginning to to get into gear, um, and I, I think these are the type of horses that we're we're going to want to be be watching. You know, on the Saturday with the Sunday probably being being the big day, but you know, I you you, you just got to say that there's kind of very little chance of them, 
you know, of him, as in Willie, been been wrong, uh, considering the amount of horses that would go through his care. So, you know, like, yeah, um, definitely one you got to look forward to. Um, and yes, sit down there, get out of Twix and a uh, cup of tea and enjoy that. And I was asking the lads yesterday about the, the bumper runners, hoping that they would all be kind of siphoned off and we wouldn't get too many of them. No, Gordon had other ideas, decided to just fire everything uh, for the weekend. So he's running two horses against one another, uh, Stellar Story and Shannon Royale. Uh, this is where he was saying, sure, you've said it all there. I don't really need to add anything else. Uh, they cost a fortune, 300 grand and 350K. Uh, Nick Rocket is very highly regarded. They're, the talk from my point-to-point guy is these three horses are winners in waiting and they could be exceptionally good and they're all taking each other on in the bumper so stay for the last don't try and beat the traffic you want to be there for this uh, you've got O'Leary's horse Stellar Story uh, Rob Kors Shannon Royale and then Stuart and Sadie Andrew on Nick Rocket with Willie Mullins Patrick's going to be on board and Patrick was very very bullish about this fella um, very keen to be riding him uh, and he's keen to be talking about the, the horse that we're going to see on the Sunday as well which we'll come to in a second um before we do, just a brief word on the Peterborough Chase, because it would be unfair of us to just dive straight head into Fairy House and not mention anything about Huntington. That being said, though, I didn't actually say it to the lads beforehand, so I've caught them both off guard now. Uh, the question Absolutely. is, the question is, can Mark Milligan <laughs> respond and, and bail us all out? Peterborough Chase, Mark. <laughs> so rapidly Jeez, bring him up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I asked them all beforehand. So, lads, you happy with the running order? Yeah, and then you just like grenade drop a, ho- a race into it there. Yeah, they'll just throw in the old Peterborough chase as well. It's not the best Peterborough chase, I have to say. I don't know. I think you're right there. I don't think it's the strongest renewal. Of course, we haven't got the the full decks yet, have we? No, but it's not. It's not like Jardacache against Best Mate back in the day. You know, it's it's no. nothing like that at all. No, we have got last year's winner, haven't we? First flow. He's mm. back um, for another crack. And he only ran once after that, didn't he? In that um, that epic Clarence House chase behind Shishkin and Energamine. We didn't see him again after that. So if he comes back in good fettle, then he'll certainly have a say in things. Pick Dorhey of Paul Nichols is another one. He's still only seven, isn't he? Yeah. Seems to have been around forever, but he's still only a seven-year-old. And second run after a window. Run, yeah, exactly. We, we <laughs> like that, don't we? We like the second run after a window. <laughs> now, am I am I mad here for retaining a bit of faith in all mankind? No, you're not. Because okay. I think I think this. Look, he didn't run particularly well the last time he ran at Huntington, but uh, and that was in this race behind first floor, wasn't he? But. He just looked so promising, didn't he, in his in his younger days? And he ran to a time form rating of 158 when he won at, um, at Aintree last October. And the wheels have just kind of fallen off. But if he can get into a rhythm and get going and get jumping the way he can, then I, I don't think he's one to write off yet. But you've got to take a bit of a leap of faith, haven't you? Was he... 
These are kind of the interesting horses that, that you learn quite a lot from, Mark, and when you go back through their form. Because as you say, um, and not going back too long, you know, maybe 12 months or so, he, he, he was he was in the notebook, he, he was on, on the shortlists, and then he just kind of lost his way, really. And mm. when a horse then, when they're trying different things with a horse, you know, um, the last time he ran, which was only at the end of, of October, they, um, they, they, they ran him over two miles. Um, they held him up, didn't they? They, they did. So you, you kind of look look at it from, from Dan Skelton's point of view. He's trying to unlock something here and he's trying to figure him out. So I I, I, I would trust his ability 100% to to do that. But it is, it, it is a horse that's kind of, you know, whether it's a concentration thing, whether it's an interest thing. Um, so like you, you couldn't really be kind of, um ha- having big money on him but at, at the same time if you wanted to kind of play the if so to speak if he did return to form he could put in a very good performance yeah it's there it's in the locker uh it is certainly do it and it's only kind of two or three races ago isn't it it's, mm. it's not like i i wouldn't be putting a line through him he's not a lost cause yeah it's it's there on on his day it is very much there and the stable are banging in winners so maybe now is the time um Pictori was the one that I was drawn to. I have no idea what price he's going to be. It's probably not a very big one. But with a view to the Christmas quiz coming up, gentlemen, of which at least one of you is on, and it could be both of you who are on it, uh, Lucy Russell Hughes is going to be on it, uh, and one of you two, uh, and maybe both of you. And the rules for the Christmas quiz are very simple. We have fun. You're not allowed to Google, and we all get drunk. Whee! <laughs> and then it's bragging rights for the winner. <laughs> How many times has Paul Nichols won the Peterborough Chase? Oh, well. Nine. Dino. Has he? That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking, has he actually? Nicky Henderson's won it a billion times. A billion times. (laughs) Was it a loaded question? I can't remember Paul Nichols winning it. Would that be right? I'm looking for a number. That number can be zero if you want. Go on. Yeah, I'm going to go zero. Okay. So are you going to go over or under no. zero? Yeah. Darren McGrath. Oh, no. I can't Do think you know, of any. I can't think of a winner. But it's it's not zero. I can I can picture him winning it, but I can't remember the horse. But Couldn't I, be zero. I landed on zero, hadn't I? Go on, Emma. I'm curious now. Paul Nichols has won the Peterborough Chase a grand total of once. 2004 with Leroy Miguel. That's the one. Ruby Walsh on board. It is extraordinary to think that there's a big graded race in the UK that Paul's only won once. Wow. Yeah, it didn't ring any immediate bells when you said the question, so... Fair play, boys. I think that's... That's fair. Fair play. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit worried now for the Christmas quiz because you boys are informed. Although to be fair, I did manage to pull an answer out of thin air with, uh, with Dennis O'Regan on Monday, and I'll, I'll ask the same question to you. Who is the only winner that Galileo has sired at the Cheltenham Festival? <laughs> Super Sunday. McGrath for the win! 
Oh, yeah, baby. Congratulations, Darren. Uh, you have doubled your money, and uh, you get to come back next week <laughs> as the defending champion. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I'll be invited to the quiz anyway. Sure, we, we might come along. I'll bring I, I, I'll bring a few uh, cans with me. You'll be here. Lucy also you'll be here. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll have Darren, Lucy, Mark, <laughs> myself, and either I'm going to host it or I'll be a pundit as well, one of the contestants as well. And I think I think I'll be a contestant. I think we'll get Tony McCormick to host it, and he'll have to set the questions then. So if Tony's up for doing that, that's what we'll do. My, my talk sport colleague, and and we'll see how we get on. Uh, right, let's let's move on to Fairy House. I'm looking forward to this. I am very much looking forward. I'm going to be there with the barrel and Jim. We're all going to be having the crack. Uh, come over and say hello. Barry from Betdax is going to be there as well. Um, and Aaron McCarthy, who was doing the Cheltenham Festival preview with from Betdax earlier this year. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Buddha Mangan, who was hosting that event, he's going to be there too. So uh, come on over, say hello to us at Ferry House. We'd love to meet you. And um, it should be an awful lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we won't be freezing our balls off, but we're going to be enjoying a lot of top-class racing. The Juvenile Hurdle, was won in 2012 by a certain R. Connor before he would go on to that breathtaking Triumph Hurdle victory. Uh, so this is very much a Triumph Hurdle trial, and we don't have declarations yet, so we'll just briefly talk about some of the horses that are going to be lining up. Um, it was interesting talking to Gordon yesterday about this because he's got a, a very good record in it. He's only got one entered, and that horse probably isn't going to run. And he was talking about how at the sales... It just wasn't really happening with the, the juvenile types. And given that Gordon is very, very active at the sales, it's intriguing that he just hasn't bought that type of horse this year. Uh, but we do have the anti-post favourite for the Triumph Hurdle. Currently a 10-to-1 shot, Lossy Mouth, for Willie Mullins, and of course that man, Rich Ritchie. Uh, she will make her hurdling debut in this race, we think. Uh, Joseph O'Brien's got a, a pretty good record so far, and um, one with a very nice horse, uh, last week in Comfort Zone on his hurting debut. Can't imagine for a second that that horse is going to turn up, but maybe Common Practice will. Uh, and Nurset is there as well for uh, for Joseph. They've also got Zarek the Brave, the owners, with uh, Willie. Maybe the Sweden Manier will be happy to have the horse take those horses take each other on. Maybe they will want to split them up. Um, Darren, who really catches your eye for the juvenile hurdle? Yeah, look, I think it's very early doors, right? Um and uh, Lossy Mouth had come up a fair bit in the office, actually, to, to be honest. Mm. So, you know, uh, a couple of guys would be quite close to people that ride out in in Willie's. So definitely there for 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 the shortlist. But um, what would I see from that? Just very interesting, because if you're starting, you know, a horse off in, in, in a grade three juvenile, um, that hasn't had a run over hurdles before. That's your, you know, the, the trainer's telling you exactly um, what what he thinks of that horse. And like a lot of the times when when I'd be chatting to guys about punting and finding bets, I I would always say that they, there's a lot more um, info in entries than people would think because we tend to focus in on on the declarations and just the field on the day. But there's 13 entered there for for um the the grade three and i think you know you, you've you've got a few that are going to stand out but you know you, you you're, you're kind of just playing the if really Emmett. but i would nearly jot down you know six or seven of those 
and just remember that they, if, if they're not declared, that they were entered at, at grade three level, because then when they would be entered for their maiden, for for instance, um, you're kind of getting an insight into, into the level of ability that they potentially have, you know. So I think the only one that, that I that I noticed really when I was watching a few a few of the of a few of the replays that probably you know won't go, uh, but stick her down, uh, stick him down was was comfort zone. Um, ran in Navin, um, that would be it. But very unlikely to show up again. And I'd I'd say it's it's just one to watch. Watch the entries, and then these horses will pop up in in maiden hurdles, and you might be getting kind of nine to four, five to two about them. And you'd you'd have a little bit of inside info, for want of a better word, without anybody actually having t- told you anything. Yeah, that's that's all very well said. Um, Lassie Mouth is is a very intriguing runner for all that her anti post price. I mean, that's not her fault, but the anti post price is utterly ridiculous for Cheltenham. But they're kind of just doing their job. Like they have to create a market. You know, there's all of us out there that are kind of sitting on the sofa watching some sort of nonsense with the missus on Netflix. And, um, you know, you're, you're, you're genuinely pretending that you're interested in, in the show, but you're, you're, you're putting together, you know, a couple of fun, entertaining bets. So why not uh, have her priced up? Do you, do you know what I mean? It, it kind of suits its per- its purpose in the sense that, that you're helping me to get through an episode of the crown, you know, and, um, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to do it and, and to play, you know, for small money on some of the anti-post markets. But I'm just doing them from entertainment purposes rather than actually trying to find a winner. So uh, it's it's not really indicative of um, probability or a chance that that particular horse has, even though she won an Autoy. I, 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 I get all of that, and the amount of money that was paid would would have been tasty. You know, but I think that, you know, that those are fun markets at this stage. I will say, I, I love the line, but of all the sh- you mentioned the crown. The crown is great. The crown is great TV. Mention uh, yeah, but stupid it, dating shows that Netflix have decided to invest in for some crazy reason. Oh, there's something else. I can't even think of the name of it. Uh, shocking. But uh, you have to sit through them, you know. Dating in the dark. The one where they all dress up as animals. They're basically furries. <laughs> like, right. take that shit to Vegas. Like that's that's for a Vegas convention center. It ain't for bloody Netflix, anyway. Um, but the other thing as well is that people can get really carried away with 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 a reasonable juvenile performance, you know, yeah. and start kind of the endorphins go off and and the dream is alive. So you have to be kind of pragmatic as as well about what you're what you are watching, and you know understand the level that it's that it's at, you know. And it's interesting, like if Gordon Elliott didn't see proper kind of juvenile types at the sales, then, you know, I think that's in, in indicative of how shrewd he is, that he, he wouldn't be playing cards unnecessarily, you know. So um, he'll always do an excellent job with his juveniles. So he's kind of telling you indirectly there, Emmett, that the ones that he does have, he really did like. Yeah, that, that was my impression of what he was saying. Um, I because, also... like, they, they don't just buy horses for the crack, like, you, no. you know, they... There's a responsibility that goes with it. So if if he did if he did think that overall there wasn't a huge number of um, you know let's call them Gordon types, then when he did find the ones that he did like, when they start coming out, put them in the notebook because because he genuinely did did feel that these had potential. Yeah, 
it, it is intriguing to see, and you are right, like odds compilers just, they've got to throw a market up and let, let's see what happens. But in terms of Lastimouth, for all that there has been a lot of talk about this horse, um, the fact that he's or she's currently 11.0 and Comfort Zone, who was a stylish winner, is 13.0 and Cougar, who's won twice, is 15.0. It's like, what the hell is this? But this is just, it's the Willie Mullins factor. It's like, that's what happens now. If Willie's got a horse, particularly if that horse happens to be owned by Rich Ritchie, uh, these horses are automatically favoured for multiple races at Cheltenham. This is the one you know she's going to rock up in. You know she will be lining up in the Triumph Hurdle. So she's already a winner, so she can't run in the Mare's Novice, which was something that Patrick was pointing out yesterday. So it would have to be yeah. the Triumph Hurdle because that's an, that's um, you don't have to have be a novice for the Triumph Hurdle. It's, it's about your age. Uh, and the form... Yes. For all that it's French form, and I don't really know what to make of it, uh, the the 10th that she beat, she won by 10 lengths on debut. The 10th has won twice. The 11th has gone to win since. The 3rd was runner-up on next start. The 5th has been runner-up in a listed hurdle. Uh, and then 4th in a grade 3. So there's the substance to the form. Um, anything that really catches your eye, Mark Milligan? Um, not particularly at this stage, as with the other... People who are knocking around, I've heard things about Lossie Mouth as well. She's obviously very highly regarded within the Mullins camp. Um, look, that form at Artoy is pretty decent in terms of what it, it, the content. It was a newcomer's race. So we didn't know anything about the horses going into the race. We know plenty about the ones coming out of it. And there have been several winners come out of it. And if you get a chance, if you can track the, the video down somewhere on, on internet, have a look at Lossie Mouth winning that because she was very green that day and she swerved left after the last. She's still got plenty to learn, but clearly she's got a, a big, big engine as well. I, would I be desperate to back her at nine or 10 to one for the Triumph Herbal at this stage? Probably not, but, you know, I think Darren made some really good points about noting down the horses that are entered in here, particularly the ones that, that don't turn up, because you've then got that in your armory going forward. I'm yeah, 100%. Actually, in, in my tracker, uh, I'm surprised by the amount of horses who have cropped up for this comfort zone, common practice, lossy mouth, Nusret, and risk bell. Are, are all in the best of line is in that as well, actually. But obviously, she's not going to run uh, based on what Gordon said to us yesterday on the show. So we can take her out. But there's f six horses in there, um, but one being a non runner that I, I have listed as horses to watch out for for the season. Uh, of those to rock up, obviously, last year will be very interesting. I hope Nuzaret runs for Joseph. I know I'm butchering that pronunciation. Um, he was rated 91 on the flat, and that was a very stylish debut over hurdles. So I, I hope he rocks up. Um, and hopefully Daryl Jacob will be coming over for the ride as well, because that, that was impressive at Punchestown, and I'd, I'd like to see more of him. But we shall see. Uh, the Royal Bond. Ah, the race Hurricane Fly took. Just a small point. Sorry, Emmett, I'll just drop yeah, in. Yeah. It's France Gallo is the site that you, uh, if people want to go and watch French racing and, and replays, because during the season uh, there'll be plenty of these French imports that will that will cro crop up. So uh, I, th I think it's just France Gallop G A L O P dot com, um, and then you can just register. I, I when I'd be watching plenty of the French racing now. To be honest, that that would be on there. That's where you'll get it. But you were about to move on to the Royal Bond. I was, yeah. There's um, 
I'm trying to think of the name of the horse. Is it was it Come on the Burley? No, it wasn't. There's a there's a horse I was watching with you in um, in Liverpool. Um, yes, from from France. I remember going, damn, this is this is going to be an exciting one. So yeah, that's the France Gallo is a is a terrific site. Yeah, it's a place where you know, especially when people are buying horses in the sales. That's probably what we were at. We were just having a, having a look at at some of the replays and whatnot. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's free. You just register, but it is free, which is very useful as well. Uh, right, so Royal Bond. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. A Champ Kylie, 1.8 with Betak. Marine Nationale, 2.37 for Barry Connell. In the pocket for Henry de Bromhead, 7.0. Irish Point, 7.0 for Gordon. He was seen bullish about him yesterday. Uh, Hercule de Soye, I really like that performance uh, the last day beating Imagine, who's run well since, although beaten. Uh, Path Doro was very impressive as well, uh, also an 8-1 to one shot in Ashrow Diamond. I got the impression from Patrick that this horse will will line up in this race, and it's a race that the Mullins team have obviously done very well in over the years, but have done well in with with Mares too. Uh, and the Mares listed bumper winner from, the Mares bumper winner from uh, Aintree last season uh, could very well have her second hurdle start here. She's currently a 13.0 shot. Who are you really looking forward to? Uh, look, all eyes are going to be on Champ Kylie. What he did to Brazil the last day was very impressive, and Brazil has come out and won subsequently. So it's a case of how good is Champ Kylie. But who are you particularly interested in seeing, Darren? Yeah, I think just to jump in with a point for, for any of the listeners, I've, I've put a, my notes for the um, for the Ferry House card up on the All About Sunday app, just in a kind of a little PDF thing that that I got one of the guys to do. So if people want to download the app, it's there on the homepage just because it's it's really all about us trying to share with with the listeners the thought process that that we go through when we're trying to find winners in in all of the different races and you tend to have different category, you know, different categories in in your head of horse and different profiles then of winners, uh, ages, prices, you know, going all of those things that contribute to the way that we would go and go and find a winner. And, you know, like even from, you know, the three of us that are chatting here, you wouldn't necessarily be driven by price in terms of the de- the decision that you're making. You generally speaking, you'd probably come to to a short list your, yourself and, you know, you'd probably price the race up yourself. And that would be your way then of identifying uh, what type of value that that you feel is is available. And, you know, just kind of getting onto the royal bond, you know, I, I think that that um, Champ Kylie is an absolute steal here at at four to five is is the price that, that I'm looking at here at the minute. Yep. Um, and you were quoting the bet back prices. And why do I think he's a steal? I think that there's there's a lot of you know excitement about Marine National uh, unbeaten and all of that type of jazz and you know so, sometimes people give out to me that I can be a, a little bit harsh on trainers and stuff um, I, I I don't mean to be but I just can't take that that Barry Connell is going to outfox Willie Mullins in in a grade 1 
with Barry Connell's first, you know, proper horse by the looks of things. He's a fantastic man, don't get me wrong. He's earned his stripes um, from buying horses, working with trainers, building his own, buying his own facility, you know, training himself. But, you know, he he has a horse in there at, at 11 to 8, which is taking up, you know, a huge percentage of, of the market. And then you've, you've um, Champ Kiley at practically evens, Whereas without Marine National, you know, Champ Kiley is going to be heavily odds on. I'm not an odds on punter, but if you are, I would see that that Champ Kiley is 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 huge value at, at at that type of price because I just can't have Barry Connell to beat Willie Mullins in a Grade One. I don't see it happening. So therefore, with the percentage of the market that Marine National takes up, all the arrows point to Champ Kiley for me in terms of being actual value at four to five. Am, am I being harsh there? I think that sometimes. In, in in the media, people aren't direct enough about, you know, what they think about trainers, different levels of ability of trainers. There's this myth that every trainer can train or that every trainer can get a horse to a race course um, in peak condition. They can't. And it it's it's something that, that maybe I, I'd be a bit blunt on. But what would your own view be? No, I think you're uh, I think you're absolutely spot on. You know, Willie Mullins has won umpteen grade one reasons for uh, grade one races for a reason it's because he's basically the best around and he knows what it takes to get a horse in peak condition for this kind of race and like you said i don't think you were you were doing barry connell a disservice but he's not a trainer who's used to handling top class horses is he and and aiming them at top class races and look marine national does look a bit of a star but so does champ kiley and if you're in the camp of Willie Mullins or Barry Connell and you're coming into a grade one race on a Sunday in December, then you want to be with Willie Mullins, don't you? I think, look, Marine He just knows that, you know, yeah. the number of days before a grade one to, to work a horse, the type of work rider to have on that horse four days beforehand, what pace that horse should be going, whether it should come off the bridle, whether it shouldn't. And that's why he does as well as he does, because he has his system that he's built up over a very long time. And I just always be fearful of small, smaller trainers and not being in any way disrespectful, not either having the work rider or a full understanding of the number of days before the race and the level of fast work to put into a horse that number of days preceding the race because the horse could be tired, might be undercooked, might be overcooked, whatever it could be. And, you know, you, you go back then as far as, say, in the pocket, that's six or seven to one. And it just it's just all, all pointing towards Champ Kylie really as being value at, at evens sort of, you know, fractionally odds on. That's That's kind of where I'd be at. One of the extraordinary things about this is after he won his bumper at Killarney, Barry Connell said, I'm working backwards from the Royal Bond. He hadn't even jumped yeah, a hurdle but, yet. Uh, so no, he, but he's, that's very, fine. He's, he's very bullish about him. But I take everything that you've just said on board, and I think that it's it's not so much that it's a warning about this horse. It's that he's... He's a very short price. He's second favourite, and he might go go even shorter because there's no doubt that there's a lot of talk about him and he's very popular. But he's taken a farewell chunk out of the market. And as you said, William Mullins has the system in place. He has the work riders. He's got the team. He's got 
Patrick, Ruby, David Casey. He knows exactly what to do, who to speak to, and he has his own eyes. I mean, there's that story that Patrick Mullins told on the show about, um, oh, the scorpion, uh, good old scorpions, disaster. Um, was it Tell Me More? Was that the name of the horse? Yes, yeah. He, he was the most expensive horse at the Mullins yard. He was an O'Leary horse. And right. he looked backward to Patrick's eye. He'd only just come in. He did a piece of work and Willie said, or uh, Patrick's like sarcastically said, what's the plan with him, boss? He goes, we'll run him at Gorn next week. And Patrick said, yeah, right. And he did run him and he won by a million lengths. So he sees yeah. stuff that other people just don't see. And he sees things that others just don't. It's, it's um, very exciting for Barry Connell and I echo everything you said about him. He's a great horseman. We dropped a horse down to Mullins's once, right? A new horse to the yard. And it was um, taken down off the trailer and Willie came, came, came along and he stood in a circle and, and the horse was walked around him. And he turned to one of his assistants and he asked her um, what weight um, he thought that the horse was. And Willie said 496 in kilos. And the horse turned out to be 498 when they put him up on the scales. Now, wow. I tell that story to loads of people. I actually thought I saw somebody breaking bread and doing the loaves and the fishes and the wine and everything. I just, you could have killed me over, you know. And... That's the level of expertise that these guys have when they can evaluate very quickly horses that aren't fit, you know, that are a particular height, particular size, 496, 498, bang, there you go. That's insane. That's insane. You know? The guy's a genius. Um, a guy's a genius, and he's going to be well represented here. Like, Cham- what Chamkali did at Tipperary was very impressive. He's, he's unbeaten under rules. He's utterly bolted up at Galway. Uh, and then he's dispatched the Cheltenham Festival winner who's gone on to win subsequently as well. Uh, the very fact that they even put him into Tipperary into a grade three on just his second start over hurdles tells you how how much they think of him and how good this horse could be. That being said, Willie's going to throw a fair bit at this. So, and if Gavin Cromwell runs Pat Doro and Gordon, we know Gordon's going to run Irish Point because he, he told us this is going to be yeah. a deep race. This is going to be a really deep race. So, Champ Kylie could be the one to be with, and, and I completely take on board everything that you're saying, Darren. But Mark, what is your take on the Royal Bond? Yeah, I'm kind of with Darren here, really. I'm a big fan of Champ Kylie. I thought it was very impressive last time. The big takeaway for me from that Tipperary race was the time figure. His time figure was outstanding on the day, and that stamped him out to me as a top class young hurdler in waiting and like you say I think Willie's going to chuck a few at this but Champ Kylie already sets the standard in here of those that have run his performance has been backed up on the clock I really really like him I had no real desire to take him on in this spot I'm going to take him on Um, I'm going to back Irish Point each way or win in place, whichever oh, well, way. Well, he must have done. What, what exactly did Gordon say? <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole lot. Not a whole right. lot. No, yeah. he, he likes him a lot. And um, what I'm drawn to by him is, I, I believe Epitant won the same race. It's a, a grade one bumper um, before she went on to become dominant for 
for Nicky Henderson until a certain Constitution Hill rocked up, uh, and a honeysuckle for that matter as well, uh, to bring it all back around to the very start. But Miguel Barcelona, the champion jockey in France, came to Saint-Cloud to ride this horse in that grade one. She wins. The form of that has worked out quite well. He's then gone, he's a son of Joshua Tree, which an intriguing one, not not exactly one of the greatest horses that Aidan O'Brien ever trained, but an interesting one from uh, a stallion perspective. Um, apparently, and I can't say who he was working with, but apparently the he did a piece of work with some of Gordon's very, very good horses, and he was unbelievable. Unbelievable in it. But he still only got a, an RPR of 118 for, for his win. Like, if, if, like, Mark would be kind of better, you know, in terms of the ratings that, that I would. But if I'm going to get excited about a, 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 a horse winning, winning his maiden, I, I like to see kind of 120 plus, you know. Um, and two pounds is, is, is a difference there. Would, would I be drawing a reasonable line there, Mark, or would would you kind of put it down to the ease that a horse might w- win at, or how much would would you kind of focus on on um, a rating for winning a maiden? Yeah, we, we've done a very similar rating actually of one hundred and eighteen, but rather than give him any extra or speculate as to whether he could have won by a lot further, we've put a large P. On that one one eight rating, right, suggesting okay. suggesting that there could be plenty more to come from him. I, I, as a handicapper myself, if horses win easily, I don't like to get into the realms of guesswork. I, I okay. don't like I don't like that at all. Um, you could say he had five lengths in hand, ten lengths in hand, or whatever. I much prefer to rate them on the bare form and then put a caveat with the rating, such as a large P or a small P, because I think that's a safer way to go. <clears throat> if we take the bare form of that, uh, you're absolutely right. The, the form of that particular race doesn't even amount to a hill of beans, to be honest. It was a weak race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the style in which he did it. There's much, much more substance to what Champ Kylie did last time. That's why I'd rather be with him. Yeah. I, I think Champ Kylie is the most likely winner, but... In a race where I was very taken with Pat Doro at, at Galway, and I think I would have been backing him were it not for the fact that Irish Point is in here, I'm also intrigued, out of all the novice talent that Gordon Elliott has, it's the four-year-old Irish Point, a grade one bumper winner from France that he's putting in here. And he is going to run him. So I'll take Irish Point, thanks very much, particularly with the, the reports of the works that he's been doing at home with some of Gordon's best horses and being unbelievable in that that he won a grade one bumper in France. The horse who was second has won by 10 lengths in a novice hurdle in France since then. Um, I'm very intrigued that this is the race that they're going to put him into. So look, he might fall out the back of the telly, but at, at six to one, each way, scumbag each way bet for me uh, in the race. I don't think he'll be sixes on the day. And if he if he is and bigger, then it's, it's, it's a big worry. Uh, the Drinmore will be the second last race. We'll talk about a brief word on the, on the bumper before we wrap up. But uh, currently, the betting sees three-stripe life as favourite, which is interesting because Gordon was saying that maybe Mighty Potter should be shorter. But anyway, um, up to your own impression as to what you make of that. At 2.62, uh, Gordon's Mighty Potter at 3.5. Banbridge getting no respect, 3.75. Uh, 
Hollow Games, who are really like, apparently he's going to wait till next week, but he's still in the betting right now, 6.0, same price about the Devil's Coachman, and Adamantly Chosen, who Patrick really likes and I very much like, uh, 9.0. Darren, what's your take on the Drinmore? Yeah, it's 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 a great race. It's I, I'd actually be really looking forward to it. You can probably tell there's a big smile on my face as as I'm looking at it. Um I love three stripe life. Um, you know, I I I put them up a number of times last season and eventually clicked in 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 entry with him. Um was very impressed um with him, you know, in in Nace. Um, I was there on the obviously that was on, on the 12th of, of November. He's a horse I really like, uh, like really like. Um, adamantly chosen, ran in Lestole. Um, same race as Watchhouse Cross when Watchhouse Cross fell. That's right. Um, traveled beautifully, I thought, and will make will make the running here. I'd, I'd nearly be sure of it. Um, I can understand exactly why people would be kind of very impressed with him. And you know he's he's definitely a one forty plus horse with, with without a doubt, uh, but I think when you get into this type of a, a a grade a grade one scenario, I got a feeling he's he's going to he's going to make the pace. It's going to suit some of the other runners in in the race. Um, you know it looks like Gordon is going you know at least double double fisted, and even though I'm a very big three stripe life fan. I think that this race is going to be run to suit Banbridge, to be yes. honest. Um, I, I, I kind of really enjoyed him uh, finishing out in, in Cheltenham. I think that there's a little bit of class about his, his jumping style. I'm going to go against, you know, one of my favorite horses in training three stripe life, but that does not mean that I'm putting a line through him for the season. I just feel in terms of where this race is and, you know, the, the way the race will will pan out or the way I feel it will pan out, you got to be prepared to go against your kind of emotional connection um, with, with some of the horses. And I think Bambridge really is where the money should go, guys. I completely agree with you. But does Mark Milligan agree with both of us? What do you think, Mark? It's a full house. Bambridge for me as Let's well. Let's go! Yeah, I, I, I think so. That that. That's yeah. That that says it really. That that you've got kind of a, a f- full agreement. I just feel that tactically, it's going it's going to suit him. And I think that if if you build in a reasonable level of improvement from the Cheltenham run, I think your your bang there as at for me anyway is is a backable price three to one, eleven to four, that type of thing. It's a crazy price. I mean, this is probably going to be his last run until the new year. Well, definitely the new year, but well into the new year because. It's um, it's going to be a case of they need good ground for him, so we're not going to see him flailing around in the in the soft ground over the winter. Um, he's a Cheltenham Festival, he's a Cheltenham Festival winner, and he's a Cheltenham Festival winner in waiting for this season as well. He could be Arkle class. We'll see what John Bond does, and we'll see what what Joseph thinks of. Maybe he gets duffed on Sunday. I'd be very disappointed if he did. Um, he's a class act and the old JLT. What is it these days, lads? Is it the Turners or the Brown Advisory? I'm mixing both of them. <laughs> Brown Advisory is now the RSA and the Turners is the old JLT. I JLT to somebody else today, so don't ask me. I think it's the JLT, but come on. Is, is the Turners the old JLT and the Brown Advisory is the old RSA? Is that right, Mark? I think that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm useless when it comes to these races. I, I wish, do you know, I wish Matt, 
one of my big wishes for Cheltenham is that the if they just had heritage names for these races and thank you didn't just just change them to suit the sponsors. But by all means, have the sponsor in there, but have a heritage name for the race, like the Arkle, for instance. We all know what the Arkle is, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, but when they just when they just badge names by sponsors with no other reference to it, it just becomes so confusing from year to year, doesn't it? Just give them heritage names and then put the sponsors in there as well. Well, seeing as it's now December, we can once again say, bring back the name Beulah at the Cheltenham Christmas meeting. Thank you very much. Or early Christmas meeting, shall we say. Uh, the international hurdle. What a load of utter nonsense. But this fellow, this fellow was devastatingly impressive at Goran Park. We were falling over ourselves during the show uh, to get excited about how good he was. He was see, the thing perfect. Was, Emma, it was over two and a half. Yeah. And then drops back to, to the Arkle trip. Two and yeah. bolts up. And bring him back up again. So uh, they, they know they have a proper horse. And like, there, was, there was a novice chase that weekend on the Friday that he was also in. And everybody thought he was going for the two mile four novice chase on the Friday. And Joseph O'Brien and I presume uh, Kevin had other ideas. We're like, no, 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 we're going for the Arkle trial. And he has utterly destroyed them. So he's coming in race fit, plenty of experience, a Cheltenham Festival winner who's been flawless in two starts over fences, and he's not favoured. Thanks very much. 3.75 Banbridge. I'll take that all day long. Um, I'm expecting a big run from Adam and the Chosen and um, keep an eye out for, for Hollow Games, but that's going to be a fascinating run. Uh, the Hatton's Grace. And sorry, Emmett. Did, yep. Had you been talking to to somebody there that said that they weren't going to, to run him on winter ground, so in December and January? Joseph has said that himself, that he doesn't want to right, run okay. him on, on heavy ground. Anything but heavy in the description, no. And I got the impression from what he was saying on racing TV that he doesn't really want to be trucking him out too much on soft ground. He's very much right. Okay. He's very much. Okay. A, he's a horse for the spring. Uh, he already is. Uh, he's a Cheltenham Festival winner. Um, it, it's quite intriguing to me that the Martin Pipe is resp- and the Martin Pipe should never be dismissed anyway, because Don Poli, um, Sir Deschamps, they've taken that Galapon Deschamps favorite for the Gold Cup. Yeah. They've all taken the Martin Pipe yeah. en route. But Banbridge yeah. is the current winner from Hollow Games, who's apparently going to go to Navin instead, but is already six to one for this race. Uh five to one in fact. And uh and adamantly chosen, who was fell at the back of the telly that day, uh, and has subsequently been favoured for the Galway hurdle. Like three horses right. from that race all in here at a single figure price for this race. It's that's a really good race to look back on. But this fella is, he's a proper horse. He's a proper horse, Bambridge. And I'm amazed. I'm I'm delighted we're getting the price we are. He pays for the weekend, I think. Gets, I'm very, very foolish about him. Um, The Hatton's Grace. Gentlemen, this is the last time we will see Honeysuckle at Fairy House. It's the probably fourth last time we're going to see her ever. uh, As she bids for a historic fourth consecutive win in the Hatton's Grace. She's unbeaten in all of her starts and she's an absolute star. For the first time in his career, Classical Dream will take her on and that's really all about the market. That's where it stands. Um, Tiapu would, would be intriguing, but come on, it's Honeysuckle. Uh, you don't have to have a bet in this race and I don't think many people are going to want to. She's a very prohibitive price, 1.33, but Constitution Hill has done what he's done. Now we want her to come out and put on a bit of a show as well. She never wins by too far, but she did win this by eight lengths last year. So, Darren, what are you expecting on Sunday? Yeah, look, um, we kind of touched on it at the very beginning of the show in relation to Constitution Hill. Um, 
you know, there's there's plenty of people that that you know will will just wait now until kind of Sunday night or Monday to have a more informed conversation about a potential clash. You got to leave her come out now, do her thing. Can't see her getting beaten. To to be honest, um, you know, Henry is an incredible trainer. He's going to know her inside out. Um, and classical dream to me is kind of a bit of an enigma to in and out really to put up a challenge. Um, I'm going to enjoy honeysuckle if there, you know, if people were interested in, in betting without, you know, I think there, there might be an, an interesting market there. I'd put up Ashdale Bob, um, for kind of betting without in, in that market. He's a gelding that I like. He's, he's seven, uh, by Shantou. Um, and there was there was a nice kind of prep run there. I thought really in terms of blowing out blowing out the the, the cobwebs um, in Navin earlier in in November has reasonable form with with classical dream, and um, you know ran well in Cheltenham prior to that. So I I think if 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 people were looking to have a bet, I wouldn't be kind of saying. You know, back honeysuckle. You don't do those type of things. You 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 enjoy a threes on shot doing her thing. But I'd put up Ashdale Bob if if people were 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 looking to do something. Mark, your take? Yeah, I think what we're all hoping to see here is honeysuckle just return at her very best, put on a show, and show that she's still got it at the age of eight, and that she's going to be a a worthy, worthy champion and a contender for Constitution Hill to to really aim for. Because what what we don't want, uh, I think, and we've seen no signs of it so far, so I don't think we will this day either. We just don't want to see Honeysuckle's powers waning a little bit. But we do have to be realistic and say, you know, come Cheltenham, she's going to be nine years old, isn't she? She's not going to be getting any better. So let's hope that she, she comes home safe and sound. She puts on a bit of a show for us and we can all look forward to that clash potentially at the DRF, but <laughs> more than likely at Cheltenham. Get the hot whiskies at the ready. This is going to be some show. Um, Honeysuckle bidding for her fourth Hatton's Grace win. It'll be something else. Apple's Jade, of course, won three. Uh, Solarina dominated this race. Limestone Lad. Uh, and she has very much added her name to that list as well. I, I can't wait to see her in action. Classical Dream is an interesting rival, for sure, but it's all about Honeysuckle. Um, I did see speculation about what might happen with her if she was if she was beaten in a couple of starts this year uh, with a view to the Cheltenham Festival, like, could she be rerouted to the Mayor's Hurdle? From what I've, from what I understand, and Darren would know more, given the fact that he's a direct line to Henry now, but from what I, I've gathered, she just wouldn't go to Cheltenham if that's the case. But like, they're yeah, not. I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't think. I think that's just people guessing. You know, yeah. there's yeah, there's nothing to be won and everything to be lost. You know, exactly. Like, like what, what, um, like why would you would you if right? First of all, if she didn't perform on Sunday, okay, and uh, you felt that 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 was it, why would why would you try and find an angle for yourself? Um, with with a horse that has given you sixteen wins out of sixteen, she she owes nobody nothing. The trainer, the owner, nobody, you know. So I I think that's just people kind of speculating, nearly water cooler talk, trying to trying to find an angle for something, you know. Um, I I'd be blown over by a feather if they decided to do something like that. 
because um, you know what you would naturally do is is you you'd you'd have her covered then and 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 take it from there in terms of you know her her, her potential future as a broodmare. So no, I I I wouldn't entertain that, Emma. Sorry, I go as far as to say that's that's nonsense. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and and it's just it's worth bearing in mind because there are bookmakers who have priced her up for the mirror turtle. She's not going there. She is not right. going there at all, at all. Save your money. It's not non or no bet. They're they're trying to take your dough. Uh, that is they not. Are. It's just not on the agenda for her this season. And also, what is this negativity about her? Oh, maybe she's not going to be the same horse this year until she shows us. That's nonsense. Um, uh, look, if, if she bombs humans out, are humans. Yeah, listen. Yeah. It's you, you gotta you gotta have critical critical thinking and you gotta try and imagine various different scenarios. But there's a nice piece with Kenny Alexander in the Racing Post today. And he was talking about how impressed he was with Constitution Hill, but at the same time, in his mind, very similar to Dennis O'Regan, Gordon Elliott, Patrick Mullins, and Robbie Power on the final furlong. Yeah, she's the benchmark. She's the one who's done it. You can have your ratings all you want, and maybe, maybe he'll win the champion hurdle. But she is the the standard bearer. She's the one that, that has to go and beat them. Um, she's the one that, that they all have to beat. And he might do that, but no one's managed to do it so far. So let's see. Um... Anything else to add, Mark? No, I think <laughs> I think I'm pretty much uh, all all analysed out. Uh, the bumper is going to be a good one, though, hasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've really enjoyed this. Um, just a brief word on the bumper. Better days ahead. Gordon was adamant that that run the last time just did not suit at all. It was a farce of a race. In that, uh, congratulations to the winning connections, um, Stuart Crawford did a, a terrific job in terms of how he managed to to turn his horse out and I'm sure that Sweden Manier were delighted with the win but it, the pace of it was just a bit nonsensical and um, yeah Gordon sounded very bullish about better days ahead the problem is Patrick sounded very bullish about his horse as well Capo de Soy he wants to ride him he wants him to, to line up in this race it's a four-year-old bumper it's going to be very informative they both are held in the highest regard something's got to give better days ahead against Chapo de Soy, I suspect Chapo de Soy will be favourite, and I'm not sure he should be, because there's a lot of talk about this better days ahead. So yeah, but we got to take all that stuff with a pinch of salt, right? You know, they, they've given advice to owners to spend a lot of bloody money, and um, they're putting a lot of money in, into those type of horses, and they can't go on a flipping final furlong um, and be anything but bullish. So, like punters, beware! You know that until these horses go and do it, keep keep your own money in in your pocket and like un- understand like what you're looking at, the potential of these horses, uh, also the responsibility that trainers have and agents have towards you know big ticket prices that they're paying either privately or or at the sales, and accept that that's all part of the game. But there's no one paid three hundred grand for a horse that didn't think it was. It wasn't going to win at Cheltenham. Do, do you know? Do you know what I mean? You part with your three hundred grand, thinking it's a Cheltenham horse, thinking it's it's a one fifty horse. I, I I suppose. So just we we should all just wait, watch races like this, learn from them, and just see a, a little bit more as it unfolds. Could you imagine if Gordon had said yesterday, "Yeah, I was really so disappointed with that run at Down Royal that we were looking for the receipt." <laughs> <laughs> 
like he can't go on it. Like he he he's the man that's in charge of 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 buying the players. You know, like yeah. he's the director of football in in our Premier League analogy. And there's no Premier, or there's no director of football come out and say, "No, I think your man's no good," because <laughs> they spent fifteen or twenty million on him. So it's it's a very similar thing. But the players got to go and prove it, and the horse has got to go and prove it. Fact. Right. Best bets for the weekend. Mark Milligan, you've already given us one, but repeat it for us. And your next best as well. Yeah, the uh, the best bet of the weekend is going to be in the 3.30 at Sandown on Saturday, Revels Hill. And the next best, uh, 3.15, entry walking on air. Loving it. Darren McGrath. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Bambridge and going to uh, do singles and doubles with uh, champ Kylie as well. Ooh, liking that. Um, Bambridge is my nap of the weekend. I'm unbelievably bullish about him. Ridiculously so. And my next best is Green Team. Taking on Shishkin. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, Green Team. Yeah. Show them all. That's it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, very briefly, Darren, I know that Christmas is coming and people are trying to figure out what to get. And if if you're thoughtful, if you're a thoughtful listener and you've either already bought your Christmas presents, fair play, or if you're trying to think about what to get and you already have an idea in your mind, well, then you're a better person than me because I have no clue what I'm getting the people I really care about for Christmas. Or at least I didn't have a clue what I was going to get. But today it dawned on me. I'm getting Jern Paula. Ownership. I'm getting Jern Paula shares. I'm gifting them shares in uh, All About Sunday Horses. That's what I'm going to do. That's that's oh, yeah. sorted. That's that sorted. Uh, and if nothing else, it makes the whole thing more fun. Do you, do you, you know? Exactly. So get on to allaboutsunday.com. Get into the gift section. Buy, buy yourself or, or, a, or a loved one a share. And you'll get 12 months worth, worth of crack out of it. And hopefully it'll kind of help you to enjoy your punting a little bit more. You get plenty of opinions, not saying we're always right, far from it. Um, The game uh, throws up all sorts of good stuff and all sorts of uh, enjoyable stuff. And I think that's that's what people should do. So I'm with you, Emmett. Thanks for the plug. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. You are welcome. Um, Looking forward to having you back on again soon, Darren. A lot of fun today and uh, I'll see you on Sunday. You will indeed. Be crack. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Mark is back with us again next week. Mark, thoroughly enjoyed today. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, it's been a good one today. I've really, really enjoyed it. And hopefully we've unearthed a few winners along the way. Yeah, please God, the gravy is going to be flowing. It was a good weekend. Thanks to Mark Milligan last week. Hopefully it's going to be a good weekend. This one as well. Make sure to get to Ferry House if you can. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, and to do your betting with BetDAC, you're paying no commission for your first 100 days at BetDAC. BetDAC.com, the sports betting exchange, joined today. We're back with you on Monday. We're finally going to drop that Bloodstock special as well. Uh, Spotify are going to release that over the weekend. Laura Joy in top form and uh, some great analysis there. But Cyrus to watch out for and uh, particularly first season Cyrus for next season as well. Bring it on, honeysuckle. Let's see you in person. Let's see her absolutely crush the opposition on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. We'll talk to you Monday. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.